I'm really excited about the word that I feel like the Holy Spirit is putting in my heart today, and, you, and I, you know, I pray that I can deliver it in a way that, uh, thank you, sir. I pray that I can deliver it in a way that um, will make sense to you. Um, how many of you just really get excited over casual, half-hearted engagement? Like, like when a guy hits a, hits a ground ball to the shortstop, do you just want him to jog to first base? Is that just... Or, or how many of you like to go to a concert where the, the, the artist doesn't seem to really be into their music? They're just bored, and they play pretty... I, I, I used to have a favorite uh, uh, singer named Marty Robbins. Some of you may know Marty Robbins. And he had these beautiful love ballads. And I saw him in person a couple of times, but I swore I would never go see him again. Because he would, act, he would be singing this beautiful love ballad, you know, out in the West Texas town of El Paso. And he would be acting like a goofball. He would be joking around and acting like a silly fool. He's singing this very silly. So he, something, we like it. We, we enjoy things in people that are intense. We like, to, we like to see people fully engaged. That's the most fun. The most, can you think of a time when you were really having fun and you were barely focused on what you were doing. No. When you're having fun, when you're enjoying life, it's because you're completely engaged. Um, so, that's why I want to talk about immersion. The power and beauty of being all in. Some of us, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Now, the word there, the word baptize, is the Greek word baptizo, and it signifies to dip in or under, to sink, to immerse, means immersion. Uh, several examples are given. If you Google the word immersion, you'll see the action of immersing someone or something in a liquid. Deep mental involvement. The, the immersion in Jewish culture is an example that's given. A method of teaching a foreign language by the exclusive use of that language, usually at a special school. In other words, you wouldn't be allowed to speak anything but that language, or Spanish or Russian or Chinese or whatever. An example of immersion is when someone is baptized with being completely dunked underwater. Or we, today, we're going to do it by pouring water over them. It's kind of the same thing. An example of immersion is when you become completely absorbed in a book and you don't look up from reading or pay attention or anything else. I used to get, when I was in school, uh, in elementary school, I remember I would get so engrossed reading a book, I would look up and everybody had gone out to recess. But me, and I was sitting in the class all alone reading a book because I was so immersed in that book. As I said, another, another example is you want to learn Spanish and you go to a special school for a month where only Spanish is spoken. There are three baptisms. That's why I chose this verse because this verse doesn't say water. And this verse, that verse that I gave you is actually not about water baptism. I chose it on purpose because I want to share with you today that there are three baptisms for the believer. There isn't just one. There's three. And all three baptisms, if you read in the early church in the New Testament, 
the people who became a part of the church experienced all three baptisms. There's, there's first of all, there's the one administered by Christ. Uh, Christ baptizes. We're going we're gonna to see in a minute. I'm going to take you through some scriptures. A little bit of a Bible study today. The, the Christ immerses us in the Holy Spirit. That's the first baptism. Is you're, you're baptized into Christ, he, and then Christ takes you and He baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. And so you're baptized into Christ, number one. Number two, Christ baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. And number three, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. He baptizes you into the church. He baptizes you into the community of faith. So, so the, 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 the first baptism in water is, if, if you look, every single person in, you see in the book of Acts, in the early church, who made a profession of faith were baptized by immersion by a leader of the church. Now, I, don't, I haven't fully unpacked that or fully researched that, but I see no example. Every example I see is people are baptized by a church leader. It's like communion. You, you, communion, some people get fussed. I remember years ago, people objected that communion had to be served by a church leader. Well, I don't see that. I see in Scripture that communion could be had by any group of believers could, should share communion with one another. But baptism... We never see baptism administered by just any member of the church. Now, I'm not saying you're sinning if you do it or you're wrong if you do it. Not, not at all. No, no. We're not going there to some legalistic idea like that. But I'm just saying what I see in Scripture. So there must be something more than, than, than meets the eye here. So, so number one, baptism administered by the church, baptism in water. Then Christ takes you and he baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. He immerses you. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, what that means. He baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit takes you and he immerses you into the body of Christ, into the, into the culture of Christianity. Uh, as what Pastor Dems was talking about a couple of weeks ago, when he talked about the, the cultural values of the community of faith. So the, so the Holy Spirit takes you and he immerses you into this community. He, he submerges you and, 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 immer uh, and, and, and brings your life together with other believers. Very important. Um, we use the phrase today, because we're talking today about being really into this, being really serious, because that's really the only kind of Christianity there is. There really isn't a bargain plan. You know, there really isn't a cut-rate plan. There's only one plan, and that's to be all in. You know, we use that phrase, into. So we're baptized into Christ. We're baptized into the Holy Spirit. We're baptized into the church. And we all know, we all know what, that, what, that phrase, what that word, into. We use it all the time. I, I'm really into cars. I'm really into clothes. I'm really into fashion. I'm really into music. I'm really into sports. I'm really into MMA. I'm really into video games. I'm really into dancing. I'm really into songwriting. I'm really into poetry. I'm really into fashion. I'm really into politics. We know that what that means. Are you really in to Christ? Are you really in to the work of the Spirit? Are you really in? Are you really all in or I guess we could say it this way. Are you a fan or a player? We have a lot of fans. And we're thankful for them, by the way. I'm grateful for fans. I'm grateful. And I want to make that very clear today. 
If, you're, if you come to this church as a fan, we appreciate that. And we're glad you're here. And we don't want, don't, don't quit, quit coming. We, 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 we love it. We love it. The fact, and we're, we're honored. I'm so honored when people come who haven't bought in all the way, but they come Sunday after Sunday and they enjoy the word preached and, and they, they appreciate the music and they sometimes volunteer for stuff and all that. And No, we're not, I'm not drawing a line in the sand today. I am not drawing a line in the sand and saying, get in or get out. No, it's not like Davy Crockett at the Alamo. Cross this line, you know, and die, die at the hands uh, of the British, whoever it was. Well, who was it? Spanish. Spanish, not British. I get my, get my, I get my revolutions mixed up sometimes. <laughs> so, um, so, no, I'm not drawing a line in the sand, but I, I do want to differentiate. I must do that. We must differentiate between what, what a covenant relationship with God is and what it's not. Otherwise, we're doing, we're doing you no favor. I'm not doing you any favor if I, if I say, you know, if you just hang out here and, and breathe in the Christian air, you will be a Christian. <laughs> if you just breathe the Christian air, drink the Christian coffee, listen to the Christian music, uh, like some of the Christian thoughts that the pastor preaches. I mean, I'm going to tell you, I like church. I'd go if I wasn't a Christian because I like it. I really do. I mean, you know, I went to church nine times during my sabbatical. You know, I like church. So, so church is fun. Church is great. But churchianity is not Christianity. Amen? Because Christ has shown himself to be alive. You know, uh, I don't... I don't fully know what the next eternity, what eternity is going to look like. I used to know. I used to know a lot more than I know now about a lot of things. And I used to be very sure of what eternity and what it was going to be like to go from the first realm to the next. And, and, and I won't, get, I won't uh, explain all of that to you. But I'm not, I don't know if I'm really sure anymore exactly what the next realm is going to look like, but because Christ has showed himself alive with many infallible proofs and a dozen reasons or more that I know I can trust the Bible and a lifetime of testing the inner voice of the Spirit contrasted to every other voice I listen to, I'm convinced the immersion of the Spirit is a way to a secure eternity. I also know without a doubt, because I believe the church is supposed to manifest the kingdom of God in the world and positively affect human flourishing, I'm also convinced that the best way to manifest the kingdom of God in the earth and positively affect human flourishing is to accept all the implications of the immersion in the Spirit. Finally, I would say, I don't know about my own potential either, but the more I stop being into the values of the world and become absorbed with the values of the kingdom of God, the better I feel and the more fulfilled I feel in who I really am. So, let's talk about what immersion is. Total immersion is, number one, a work of the Spirit. It's no coincidence that all four Gospels begin Jesus', begin Jesus ministry by announcing that he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. 
As I, as I studied this in the last few days, I thought this is quite remarkable that I haven't taught this more and I haven't stressed this more when every single gospel begins with a verse saying that Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. We need to experience something real. Not just something theoretical, but something real. He was not talking about something theoretical. He was not talking about something intellectual or mental merely. He was talking about an experience with God. A divine experience that happens to me when I come fully surrendered to Christ. L let me give you the verses. Matthew 2, 11. I baptize you with water for repentance. This is John the Baptist talking. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Mark 1.8, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke 3.16, John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. John chapter 1 verse 11. The one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man of whom you see the Spirit come down and remain on is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now what's interesting about this, there are many things that happen in the life of Jesus. And some authors, some of the four authors of the four Gospels, included some things and left some others out. You can kind of tell what they noticed, what they were into. It's so interesting that all four apostles who wrote the four Gospels were, thought it was remarkable that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit in fire. You see there, like I said, there are really three immersions. The baptism into Christ, baptism into Christ, the baptism into the Spirit, and the baptism into the body of Christ. Who is the Spirit? Well, the Spirit is your constant companion, soulmate, and connector to God's love. I believe that when you come to Christ, something really happens in the spirit world. Something really happens in your soul. The Spirit moves into your life, and you begin to be led by the Spirit of God. I think we've neglected that. I think we've neglected the moving, the leading of the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives, you're going to really need it in the next few, few, few months and weeks and years. You're going to really need to have a reliable voice because there's a, you, you can, you've got to make a choice. Momentum is going to carry millions of people in a direction that, the, that will not be the direction of the Spirit and will not be the direction that the Spirit will lead. The church has to re, revisit the idea that the Holy Spirit is the leader of the church. The, Holy, the church has to revisit the idea that the Holy Spirit... As I said it last Sunday in Revelations, he said, Let every man hear what the Spirit says to the churches. If you listen to all the voices in the world, and even all the voices of your friends and family... As Jim Wrench used to say when he used to preach in this pulpit, you will be as confused as a termite in a yo-yo. <laughs> so you're, you're going to have to get grounded. Everybody say grounded. grounded. We're going to have to get grounded in the truth of God's word. And the truth of period. There's no truth of God's word and then there's some other truth. There's just truth, right? 
The Spirit is your primary internal guide imparting the words of Jesus. He said, he said, he, Jesus said that uh, he, will he will bring all things to remembrance that I have said to you. The Spirit is the carrier of peace to your mind in spite of the chaos that's around you. I, I, I'm learning, re I'm relearning how to tap in to the calm of the Holy Spirit in the midst of the storm. That's going to be invaluable to you in the days to come. To tap into the calm of the Holy Spirit when everybody's screaming and you're, everybody's in your ears and you've got to do this, you've got to believe this, you've got to think this. You have been so blessed to be given an inner voice that's reliable and stable and true. Yes, it has to be tested. Yes, there you, will, you will have thoughts that come to you that may feel like the Spirit, but they're not. And then another time, another sermon, we can talk about how you, how you keep from getting deceived, how you stay on track. It's not just a matter of hearing your inner voice. That, that can just be another form of expressive individualism when you only obey the voice within you. So, so that's not what we're talking about. But I'll tell you, don't knock it and don't negate it because and it's funny it's funny uh, through the years um, I, I remember in fact I remember this uh, uh, Scott Pfeffer was in my home and we were leading a Bible study together and he was leading I was hosting and I remember he and I decided to do a study on the Holy Spirit and I thought we're going to study the Holy Spirit. We're going to really, these people never heard of the Holy Spirit. They don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. We're going to have to really explain this to them because they, I knew who was coming and they, 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 they just don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And we don't, talk, we don't talk about, you know, someone wrote a book called The Forgotten God <laughs> because we don't talk about the Holy Spirit. It's like he doesn't push himself so we don't talk about him. And and some of us came out of Pentecostal movements like I did or charismatic movement where you talked about the Spirit all the time. And now we kind of, uh, we kind of put him on the shelf. So I thought, these people, we're, we're going to have to really work at this. And I remember talking to Scott about it. You know what the amazing thing was? Didn't have to work out at all. Everybody in the room knew that voice. They knew that voice that was different than their voice different than the voice of how their brain had been educated. They knew that voice that, even, that would even contradict what they thought. They knew that voice that gave them that check when they were about to do something uh, that, that was compromised and wrong. I mean, you know that voice. How many of you, how many of you experienced that when you're about to do something less than, less than the best? <laughs> something slimy. Have that voice. Don't do that. See, the, the Holy Spirit does speak to everybody. And that's in Scripture. I don't have time to go to the verses. But he does speak to everyone. Everybody hears the voice of God. But, but getting saved, getting born again by the Spirit of God, it's kind of like, and, and, you know, I visited the hospital Friday night, Val, Val Janae, that that is still in a coma. And I, I was able to speak to him but I don't know if he understood me or heard me. And I did speak to them. I always go and I talk to them just like they're, they're alert and can hear every word. And So I talked to him and I prayed for him. Well, that, that's the way we are before we come to Christ. Before we are born of the Spirit of God, we may even be able to hear, but it's like we're in a coma. 
But when you become born of the Spirit of God, and God comes alive in you, Jesus comes alive in you, then you begin to be able to dialogue with the Spirit and dialogue with God. Okay? Um, the Spirit is the carrier of peace to your soul. Um, I wish I had time, and I kind of I went off there a little bit, so I, I didn't give myself the time to talk about Paul and the ship, ship to Rome when the ship was wrecked. And everybody on the ship was going crazy. Everybody was losing their minds and pulling their hair out. And what did Paul say? Be of good cheer. Everybody's going to be saved. Why? He heard from God. He heard from God. I want to know, what are you hearing from God today? What's God telling you? Let's, let's get the voice of God back in the mix. Let's, let's welcome the voice of God back to the dialogue, I, bel- I, I know without a doubt we're going to be way better off. Okay, secondly, immer- total immersion is a work of grace. It's a work of grace. We don't deserve inclusion and assimilation into Christ, the Spirit, or God's family. We don't deserve any of this. It's a total work of grace. We aren't capable of no- even knowing God on our own. You're not even capable of fully desiring God as you should, except that God's grace gives you that ability to desire Him. Now, we know He offers that to everyone, because the Bible says, Whosoever will may come, let him drink of the water of life freely. The Bible is very clear that God calls everyone to repentance. He said in John chapter 6, 44, though, No man can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. So it's, it's an act of grace. If you feel drawn to baptism, if you feel drawn to God, it's, that's an act of grace. You're very fortunate to feel that. John 3.3 3 says, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're burning. And so we aren't even capable of realizing the kingdom of God without the baptism of the Spirit. John 3.5, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of the water and of the Spirit. Now, now, Jesus is here referring to the baptism of repentance and the baptism of reconciliation and restoration. The whole experience is a work of divine grace. We've become much too ungrateful these days. Many of us stay focused on what we think we deserve. We go around with this low level of resentment, not even realizing that in terms of identity, we're part of an oppressor class, every one of us, that deserves punishment and death. I enjoyed reading recently Andrew Clavin's uh, conversion story. And he's a Jewish uh, uh, screenwriter, novelist, who has come to, to faith in recent times. And it reads like this. His testimony reads like this. Is one day he read in a book that a character played before going to sleep. The character prayed, not played, before going to sleep. And Clavin decided he would try the same. Tentatively, he muttered a very terse prayer. Thank you, Lord. That's all he said. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. He uttered undramatically, and he fell asleep. He said, I woke up the next morning, and truly, everything had changed. There was a new clarity in my thinking. My heart was filled with gratitude. I was experiencing a joy that had been locked away. Suddenly, knowing God opened me up to my own experience of life. That tiny prayer turned into titanic growth in the Lord. My prayers got longer and more complex in my car. He talked about driving to work. He said, it transformed my life. 
See, we can't keep singing about our unworthiness while at the same time we keep feeling that God is giving us a raw deal in life. A realization of mercy and grace will transform your life because you will become a grateful person. So, finally, let's talk about total immersion as a work of faith. Total immersion is a work of faith. All the body language of baptism speaks of, of trust. Especially, especially, especially when we did it the way we used to do it, with dunking you under. And we, during COVID, we changed it, and we haven't gone back. I don't know if we will, but especially it, it spoke of trust. And, and though I, I'm not, I don't dismiss sprinkling, those of you who've been sprinkled, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to um, uh, be negative about sprinkling, but, but I'm not a fan of it, I'll be honest, okay? Just tr- all tr- truth, I, uh, I'm not a fan of it because it's the wrong symbol. I, I don't want to be sprinkled with the Spirit. I don't want a little sprinkling of Jesus. <laughs> I want to I surrender to Jesus. I want to trust my life to him because he's, he's wiser than I am. He's smarter than I am. He's, he's, he, he has more knowledge than I do. He has more power than I do. Why in the world would I want to be sprinkled? I, I, I want to be immersed in, in, his, in, his, in his, his love and his grace and his mercy. I want to be immersed in it. Um, it's interesting that the words translated faith, believe, trust, uh, in trust, they come from a single Greek word uh, that, has, that has a multiple meaning. You see, you, you, can't just, you can't just get the meaning of a biblical word by looking up the word in a dictionary. You have to look at how they used it in order to get the full meaning of a word. So the word believe really has... Uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to break it down into three categories, the word believe. The Greek word is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. It means, first of all, and this is how most people think about it, it means to think or agree with something. To think or agree with something. Paul says in 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent I believe it. So the word believe there is the word that is used for believer Faith, all, all throughout the New Testament. I, I remember uh, when I was a very young man and uh, thought I was going to be a world-famous songwriter, I went to Nashville and I got a meeting. There was a, a really a large Christian publishing company, gospel music publishing called John T. Benson. Uh, and so I got a meeting with, uh, with a, a guy named W.C. Gore to pitch my songs, you know. And it was really cool because I, got, I sat in the lobby and I got to meet, this won't mean anything to 99% of you, but I got to meet one of my songwriting heroes. Uh, 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 what's her name? Rambo. Help me, somebody. Dottie Rambo. Dottie Rambo sat right across from me and we talked for 45 minutes while I'm waiting on my, my appointment. And, and if those of you who into Southern gospel music, you know, she's just like a hero, right? So that was cool. But I go in and, and uh, talk to Mr. Gore there, and I had this song called, I Believe God's People Should Be Heard Praising. And he goes, what do you mean? That, that sounds like you think they should be heard praising. You, you just think it. Well, he wasn't totally wrong, 
But the word believe has deeper meaning than that. In fact, uh, he, uh, just so you know what happened, I did not become a world-famous songwriter. Uh, <laughs> they gave me contracts on five songs, and they put them on a shelf, and they were never heard of again. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he accepted that song. I don't think, but but anyway, he was fired for smoking pot a few months later. So, what does he know? <laughs> so let, let's look at these other two. Uh, this is, I think, this is really important that we understand the word believe and the word believer, what that really means. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I am. I'm hungry and excited. I, I really am excited. I, I, I am. I'm excited about what I see emerging right now is a very robust Christianity. A very robust, powerful, strong, all-in type of Christianity that I see coming. Because so, why would you be here and put up with the nonsense you've got to put up with for being here if you don't believe? I don't know. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here, but it may create more stress in your life to be a part of this church than you, you could do without that stress, right? So why would you do that to yourself if you don't, if you, if you don't believe it's true? Right? I mean, is that a, did, that, did, that, did that come across? Did it, no? Okay. I'll continue. So believe is to trust something or someone. Here's the word, John 2, 24. Here's that word, that same word, that's translated faith and believe, all these other places. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. Now there, see, that's more than just believe. That's, Jesus said, I'm not committing myself to them. I'm not, I'm not going to let them become a part of my inner circle. I'm not going to become a part of their inner circle I don't trust them. See? Uh, that's, that's the second iteration of the word. The third iteration of the word is believe is to obey, surrender, or swear allegiance to something or someone. And, and, and this is a very interesting verse I'm going to give you right now. And I, I went ahead and put in, uh, th I know you don't care about Greek words, and I don't care about them very much. I can't pronounce hardly any of them. Uh, but they matter, okay? He that believeth, there's the word, pisteo, just a different version of that word. He that believeth on the Son hath eternal life. He that obeyeth not, obeyeth not is apatheo. So, so uh, pisteo and apatheo are really companion words. He that believeth not sh shall not see life, but, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Now, now, here's the meaning of apatheo. Here's the meaning of apatheo. Not to allow oneself to be persuaded. To refuse or withhold belief. To refuse belief and obedience. Not to comply with. So, 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 so he, is, he is juxtaposing belief and unbelief together. He's, he's saying that to believe means to be persuaded. It means to, it means to uh, uh, comply with. It means to obey. We're not saying that you will never sin again. We're not saying there will be sinless perfection. 
but the focus of your life becomes obedience. The focus of your life becomes pleasing the Lord. The Bible says find out what pleases the Lord. by the way, we're not forcing these two meetings together. They come together naturally. If I can, here's the deal. If I can get you to deeply believe something, I can almost, with almost 100% certainty, accurately predict your behavior. If I can get you to believe something, that's what's happened in terms of, of COVID and, and, and the pandemic. We were convinced. I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying we were convinced that COVID is spread in a certain way. And we became convinced. I know that in some situations there were mandates and you did what you did because there were mandates. But that's not entirely the whole story. I mean, I remember, especially in the first month of COVID, in the first month when it was announced, like February, March of 2020, uh, I believed everything I was hearing. Now, as time has gone on, we realize some of it, you know, wasn't true, right? Or, or wasn't as true as we thought it was. I'm not, I'm not trying to start any controversy. I want to be very careful right now. Because I know even here, we have different ideas. And that's fine. That's fine. But I, I remember how I would, I would, go, uh, I would go get, a, uh, you know, all the Starbucks closed down. Which th- that I knew, I knew it was demonic when that happened. <laughs> But, but there was a Starbucks at the stop, inside the stop and shop in Franklin. So I would drive to Franklin many times for that afternoon cup of coffee that gets me through the afternoon. And I, and I would take the wipey things and I would wipe the cup to get all the COVID off of the cup. <laughs> and and, I, and, and I, if a girl touched my credit card, I would take the wipies and, those, the, and rub down the credit card before... After about six weeks, I said, I can't keep doing this. I just can't. You know, I, I, I would even buy groceries and I would wipe everything down with a disinfectant thing. Why was I doing that? I wasn't doing that because of a mandate. I wasn't doing that. But I wasn't doing all of that because I was going to get in trouble or I was going to get arrested. I was doing that because I believed something I was told. I was, I, I was told that we should, I should do this. I, would told that th- I was told that this would protect me from COVID. See, my point is not to talk about COVID. My point is to talk about believing. You cannot help but change when you believe. Because believing is a powerful motivator. To co- I, you will do things because you believe that you won't do because I tell you to do it. And if I can get you to believe, it's more powerful than me trying to order you around to try to get you to believe. That's, that's why propaganda is so scary. Propaganda is a very scary thing in a culture. Disinformation, misinformation is scary thing because people will go do things because they believe something. And so, what would happen if we believed in Jesus? What would happen if we believed he was the resurrection and the life. What would happen if we believed that everything we do for the kingdom of God would be rewarded temporally and eternally? What would happen to our lives 
if we believed that, that loving as Christ loved would be the most transformational thing, forgiving as Christ forgave would be, would be the most powerful thing we could do, what would happen if we believed that being like Jesus was the most wonderful and awesome and incredible thing that would ever happen? And what would happen if we truly believed that our eternity was going to be with Christ and our eternity was going to be with the body of Christ? What would happen if we really believed all this stuff? Constantly, you know, I'm hearing these statistics about the decline of the church. I, I hear it, and it bothers me, but I'm really not discouraged by it. And maybe, do you read that stuff too? Decline in church attendance, you read that? Church attendance down 50%, 40%, 60%. They never ask me, so... <laughs> They do these surveys. How long have they ever asked me? I'm just kidding. I'm just being stupid. You know why I'm not discouraged? Because I don't believe this decline in church joining and attendance is a signal of declining Christianity. Instead, I think it's a sign of the clarification and strengthening of Christianity. I think we're about to find out what real Christ followers look like. That's what I think, for what it's worth. Listen, I'm going to close with this verse, and then we're going to baptize our two candidates today. They went out from us, but they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they were not all of us. How many of you, how many of you are ready to be all in? Let me try again. <laughs> How many of you are ready to be all in? Amen? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> let's, let's roll.